Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Man fined $81 for cyberbullying the late Hannah Kimura. Former WWE developmental wrestler mocked for congressional campaign ad, and I take you through the top five ugliest championship belts of all time. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. Last night was NXT UK. But before we get into that, let's check out our news Man fined $81 for cyberbullying the late Hannah Kimura. The Washington Post recently reported that an Osaka man has been charged and fined for cyberbullying Hannah Kimura. The man was fined 9,000 yen, or in American dollars, $81 for sending several messages to Kimura prior to her death. The messages include comments declaring Kimura had an awful personality and also writing, When will you die? According to Japanese media, he has apologized to the Kimura family. However, many fans see this punishment as too lenient. Hannah's mother has recently launched an anti-cyberbullying nonprofit organization. She is appealing to the government to help victims of slander and libel and wants social media etiquette taught at every level of schooling. $81 for... Uh, the punishment of the death of Hannah Kimura. Uh, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I apologize for getting a little emotional because that is an absolute travesty. Former WWE developmental wrestler mocked for a congressional campaign ad on May 1st. Texas will be holding a special election to fill their 6th congressional district. The special election is called for uh, Congressman Ron Wright's passing due to COVID-19. Over 23 candidates will be up on the ballot, including former WWE developmental wrestler Dan Rodimer. Rodimer has been making the news due to his campaign video, which Rodimer, a born in New Jersey, so a, a person from New Jersey, portraying himself as a Texan. (laughs) So Rodimer was a contestant on the 2004 Tough Enough competition and signed a developmental deal with the WWE in 2006. Rodimer spent time in various developmental territories, Deep South, OVW, and FCW before being released in 2007. This time, Rodimer, or Big Dan, attempts a a Texan-slash-Southerner accent throughout his new campaign video as he is more straightforward with his Republican policies. He targets Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and her socialist platform, quote-unquote. The video has gone viral, which you would uh, assume after someone putting on Texan accent, uh, where many people have made fun of the ad. In an interview with CNN, Rodimer claimed his voice was fried when he was asked if he was doing a fake accent. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. A guy from New Jersey putting on a a Texas accent uh, down south trying to uh, win office, but uh, not really from Texas. So absolutely hilarious. And uh, I felt like I had to put that in there because that was a good, a funny story uh, to balance things out. We're going to get right into our show review for yesterday's NXT UK. But first, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. 
I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Let's get right into this NXT UK review. Aofi Valkyrie versus Stevie Turner, NXT UK debut for Stevie Turner. The two trade blows and holds early on, uh, Valkyrie uh, taking uh, action to the next level with a top rope flying leg drop to pick up the win and staying undefeated. And undefeated streaks are always cool when they're acknowledged. Uh, we see it on 205 Live right now, I believe, if someone's uh, undefeated. And we also see uh, Valkyrie right now undefeated. So I, I like these type of undefeated storylines, especially if they're kind of under the table, but they have been acknowledging it. And when they're finally acknowledged, they blow up into something big. Like, how long can this person go and stay undefeated? Uh, you know, obviously the greatest example of that is Undertaker and his WrestleMania streak. But obviously, there's nowhere near that. But uh, you get you get what I'm saying. Like the the uh, idea of an undefeated streak in professional wrestling, it's not that it's been unheard of, but when it's done right, uh, they can really propel someone to the next level. And Stevie Turner did a great job in this match. He had a, a nice back ba- backbreaker in this match that I thought was really, really nice. Stars trains with Piper Nevin. Uh, Nevin and Stars beat the absolute stuffing out of a bag. That uh, Okay, so Stars wanted to do a regular workout, but Nevin wanted to b- build him up a little bit more and get his angry side out, if you will. So they beat up like a punching bag in, in a ring. Very fun segment. I don't know why I found it so hilarious, but I thought it was a very fun segment. Uh, Joseph Stars, you know, finally letting his anger out. Uh, in our next match, Teal Man versus Josh Morrell. Teal Man strong, but Morrell able to find some openings. Teal Man turns vicious after triggering, triggering an emotional reaction from Morrell. The match breaks down with Teal Man brutalizing Morrell in a strike fest. Teal Man locks in the crossface to pick up the win. Teal Man making an up and coming move here on NXT UK. Poor Josh Morrell getting. The absolute stuffing beat out of him as well. Walter and Rampage Brown face to face. Walter believes that he's the greatest NXT UK champion of all time, which he definitely is. Walter says that uh, this is his life compared to Brown, who stated earlier that this is his career, his, his job that he takes seriously. But Walter says that this is his life that he 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 can't live without. Walter says he's the most selfless man in the sport, uh, trying his best always to bring honor back to professional wrestling. A fantastic segment from Walter. It's probably one of the best times I ever heard him on the microphone. Even though this was a backstage segment or pre-recorded segment, he really nailed home with what he wanted to say. Pretty much acknowledging the fact that this is his life. This is what he lives for. And going forward, he will do anything for this business for the better. And as the current NXT UK champion... I think he's going to continue to hold this belt for a long time. There's no one I've seen that's going to be able to stop him. I don't think Champa's going to be able to stop him. There's, I don't think uh, uh, Rampage Brown's going to be able to stop him. He's going to hold his on to this belt for a very long time. And uh, he's already held on to the belt for a very long time, but now really getting a two-test of, of his medal, if you will, on uh, this upcoming week where he has two championship matches in uh, kayfabe. So uh, we'll see how that all goes. Kaylee Ray cuts a promo uh, saying that she beat Satomura and she's proud of it. Uh, Amelia McKenzie interrupts Ray. First appearance in two years for McKenzie, changing her name. 
McKenzie wants a shot at the NXT UK women's title. Isla Dawn enters and attacks McKenzie. Miko Satomura comes out and saves McKenzie. And a match is made for next week. A tag team uh, between um, Miko Satomura and uh, Amelia McKenzie versus Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn. Uh, I haven't seen an attack and save segment on NXT UK in a while, which is nice when it's given to us in doses and not like every other segment like we see in the main roster sometimes or even AEW. We see all the time attack and save, attack and save, attack and save. We see all the time leading into a match in the future. We don't really see that too, too often in NXT UK, which I appreciate. But when it happens at a moment like this, it feels like it's warranted. Like, all right, now they're going to have a tag team match. It makes sense. It, it obviously always makes sense. But when they don't force it down our throats every three segments, like, you know, next week all is going to have, you know, when it's in a rarity like this, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, but sometimes it's too much on the main roster. And uh, in AEW, I feel like sometimes it's a little bit too much. Moving on to our main event, Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams taking on Pretty Deadly. And this match is for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. Amir Jordan seemingly fearful to get anything rolling early on, but breaks out of his shell with a strong dropkick. Great tag team work from Jordan and Williams. Uh, great working on the arm of uh, Stoker. Are pretty deadly. Pretty deadly using their championship experience to gain an advantage of their own throughout the match. The ring is cut in half on Jordan, but Williams enters on a hot tag and dominates. Williams can't keep Pretty Deadly down, however, with a huge near fall. Uh, the referee gets knocked down and Williams grabs the belt, trying to cheat to win. Jordan, in these past few weeks, hasn't wanted to cheat and has even condemned Williams for cheating. And Williams, once again, trying to cheat here. Warden, uh, Jordan wants to play this game fair. Williams then attacks Jordan with the belt. Pretty Deadly connects with Spilt Milk to retain the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. I thought this was fantastic storytelling with it boiling over into a great match and a great moment with Kenny Williams attacking Amir Jordan with the championship. And uh, now they're most likely going to move on into a feud, obviously. And uh, great to see, great to see. And, and Amir Jordan sticking to his guns. And, you know, it could have gone either way. Amir Jordan, by him giving in, would have been him and that team turning heel. No point on him turn, on those two turning heel with Pretty Deadly as the heel champions. No point on doing that. But with Amir Jordan staying face, wanting to stick to his guns, and showing that he he wrestles for something. He does this for, for a reason. He wants to do it fair. wants to do it the right way. Kenny Williams, obviously on the opposite side of that boat now these two are going to butt heads going to the future very simple very simple in that sense in my head but it's simple enough where it, it so, so little goes such a long way in this situation where now uh, they're taken out of the tag team pitcher in a, in a rightful sense and now we get to see new heads go against uh, pretty deadly and pretty deadly retaining here and not they, they look good throughout this match but this probably could have been a match that they lost even though this was their first title defense so it shows that this tag team division NXT UK is wide open but wide open in a good sense in a, in a way where anyone can sort of come and go get these titles from pretty pretty deadly in maybe two three months time which what what i'm thinking but uh, amir jordan kenny williams uh, they're probably going to have a big match at whatever uh they have after prelude because they're not going to have it here but whatever they have prelude if it's a takeover uh, the first takeover for nxt uk in a long time <laughs> at that but if they have something there uh, it'll be really really nice to see uh, what's going to happen between those two and uh, I, I really enjoyed this main event i really enjoyed the show as a whole 
uh, I'm going to give it for a final grade a B minus. And it's a, it, I'll give it a B minus. Maybe I'll give it a B even. I'll give it a, I'll give it a B. And uh, this is the last time I'm going to be covering NXT UK on this podcast. I know everyone shed, shed a tear. Shed a tear for NXT UK. And one thing I love the most about this show is that it's only one hour. It's one hour professional wrestling that we can all swallow. And, and, and they told a complete story throughout the show. And so much so in that main event that I'm like, wow, I feel like I got more out of this than I do better episodes of Raw sometimes because it's just three hours of whatever at this point and half of it's just Matt Riddle doing backstage segments and botching it with Asuka <laughs> if you will but uh, I feel like I get so much more because they know they have to tell a full they only have one one hour a week to tell a full story and they do it each week and I wish the WWE and the main roster realized that that just because you have more airtime, you have the three hours doesn't mean you, you get to let things go by the wayside you have to be able to tell a full story in those three hours and if they're able to do it in one, you could definitely do it in three. And uh, hopefully, at one point, Raw goes down to two. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I've been covering NXT UK for some time. But now, moving over to Impact, which is making their way back to Thursday nights and NXT moving to Tuesdays. Uh, we're going to get a full slate throughout the week from Monday to Friday with shows that people watch for the most part. You know, I, I can't really tell you the ratings for NXT UK, but I can tell you the ratings for Impact are most likely better. Most likely. I could be wrong there, but... Um, yeah, I'm happy I've been covering NXT UK, and I'm excited to see what they do going forward. I am going to continue to watch, especially with Prelude coming up and using that as my appetizer for night two of NXT TakeOver Standing and Deliver. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going forward for NXT UK, and I hope uh, the best for them as they continue uh, to put on some great shows. We're going to head into the break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about the top five ugliest championship belts of all time in professional wrestling, something you're not going to want to miss. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on April 2nd, 1989, WWF presented WrestleMania V from the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, which was really the Atlantic City Convention Hall, but no one needs to know. Now it's known as uh, the Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, Boardwalk Hall was the only time a venue hosted consecutive WrestleMania events. Best known for Hulk Hogan defeating Randy Savage to win the WWF Championship, the win made Hogan the first man to win the WWF title more than once since Bruno San Martino in 1973. On April 2nd, 1995, WWF presented WrestleMania 11 from the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. The Undertaker defeated King Kong Bundy. Uh, Major League Baseball umpire Larry Young, also happy uh, opening day that passed by uh, yesterday, and uh, which was always nice to see even though I am a Mets fan and I didn't get to see my Mets play. They're not going to be able to play till Monday, but I digress. <laughs> I digress. Uh, the Major League umpire Larry Young was the special guest referee for this match between The Undertaker and King Kong Bundy. At the time, uh, it was initially announced Major League Baseball players were on strike, but uh, the work stoppage ended uh, on the day of WrestleMania, funny enough, with uh, the slightly shortened season to begin three weeks later. So uh, obviously things had to change there, but uh, Larry Young was still the special guest referee of that match. Diesel defeated Shawn Michaels to retain the WWF Championship. The win made Diesel the just the second man to successfully defend the WWF Championship at WrestleMania. The first, of course, is Hulk Hogan. Lawrence Taylor defeated Bam Bam Bigelow. That was the main event of WrestleMania. Lawrence Taylor in the main event. And, well, there you go. You can't really uh, go wrong with Lawrence Taylor, if you will. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, on 
April 2nd, 2000, WWF presented WrestleMania 2000 from Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. Best known for Edge and Christian defeating the Dudley Boys uh, and Matt Hardy in a triangle ladder match to win the WWF Tag Team Championships. One of the greatest ladder matches of all time. All these ladder matches, these three teams are considered one of the greatest of all time. Chris Benoit defeated Chris Jericho in the first fall of a two-fall triple threat match to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Jericho defeated Benoit in the second fall to win the WWF European Championship. Kurt Angle was both the Intercontinental Champion and European Champion heading into this match, leaving empty-handed and giving his belts to both Chris's, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Triple H defeated The Rock, Mick Foley, and The Big Show in a fatal four-way elimination match to retain the WWF Championship. Many believe that this was going to be Mick Foley's final match, but obviously as it was not, as we head to WrestleMania 22 on this day in 2006 from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. This was the last arena WrestleMania as the event has been held in football stadiums ever since. Rob Van Dam won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Edge defeated Mick Foley, as I just mentioned, in a hardcore match as when they went through the flaming table. Uh, Mickey James defeated Trish Stratus to win the WWE's Women's Championship. The Undertaker defeated Mark Henry in a casket match. Shawn Michaels defeated Vince McMahon in a no-holds-barred match. You all remember that spot with uh, Vince McMahon in the trash can on a table and Shawn Michaels jumping off a ladder with an elbow drop onto Vince McMahon. Rey Mysterio defeated Kurt Angle and Randy Orton in a triple threat match to win the World Heavyweight Championship at 160 pounds. At the time of the match, Rey was the lightest World Heavyweight Champion in the belt's long history and John Cena defeated Triple H by submission to retain the WWE Championship. Now, we're going to get into this list. And this list comes about uh, due to the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship uh, being unveiled. And a lot of people have their own opinions on it. My opinion is that it's a very ugly belt. It's not on this list, so I do give it a pass there. But I'm going to go through the top five ugliest belts of all time. But remember, it's inspired, inspired by the New Japan's new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. This is the reason why I'm doing this list. And uh, uh, maybe that, that even means a little bit more to that belt now. That this whole list is being made because of an ugly belt and that belt being the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Let's start off this list strong. Number five, WWE Tag Team Championships from 2010-2016. Nothing screams being undervalued more than making the championships bronze. Not even silver, which kind of makes sense since it's two people, so you could, you know, argue that. But bronze on a black strap belt. It looked like WWE put two oversized pennies on the front of the championship straps and calling it a day. Uh, today's design is similar, except the red and blue brands uh, depicting the, the straps, uh, de uh, respectively for Raw and SmackDown. And uh, they also made the plates silver, so not as bad. A step in the right direction, but at that time of 2010-2016, and this was the rise of the New Day, holding these giant pennies on belts were not a good look. Not a good look for the tag teams at the time. And I, now I still believe that there should be only a singular, singular tag team championship for the whole of the WWE, at least for the main roster at that. And call it a day, you know, not no Raw tag team, no SmackDown tag team, just a, a one tag team to finally... Uh, crown a king of that if you will and may maybe that will come at the end of this year Survivor Series but I, I highly doubt it because you know the WWE has been running with the two tag team champion uh, system for quite some time and uh, I, is it smarter in my opinion to 
put one belt? Yes, because it, it, it announces a king. And not every storyline has to be about championship, like how it is in SmackDown at the moment, like how it is at Raw at the moment, every, everywhere. It's always about the championship. So uh, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but this belt was really ugly, really ugly. Giant pennies, walking around with giant pennies. Oh, you're a champion? Yes, I know, because you have giant pennies around your waist. Number four. The WWE Spinner Championship. I go to bat a lot for this championship belt because it was the belt of my childhood. However, as I get older, I do realize the problems with it. Uh, the belt looked like a huge toy. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, the problem might not be uh, it was so big if it was only a one-time thing or if he held it for only a year. If Cena made this belt, only it was only a one-time thing and it went back to a different look or whenever Cena held it, it looked like this. But no, this belt stuck around from 2005 to 2013 this spinner belt the belt did look great on tv in large stadiums and all that but on its own especially in old pictures it really looks weird to see the likes of randy orton triple h jeff hardy the miz edge all walking around with this belt that spins one of the oddest pictures i feel like i've seen is a picture of uh, it was very recent i saw it it was uh they were doing rick flair's uh, th this was pictures from years back, but it was Rick's, Ric Flair's retirement ceremony on uh, with the WWE, and Randy Orton was the champion at the time because it was right after WrestleMania 24, and him holding that belt just looked so odd. It looked so odd because it didn't look like that matched in any way, shape, or form. It just it looked like a giant toy, the belt, and that's not what you want. That's supposed to be the top championship in professional wrestling, at least at that time to look like a giant toy. But speaking of toys, I did have the spinner belt as a kid, and I believe I still have it to this day. It's somewhere in storage or somewhere stuck in a drawer somewhere that I had to go find uh, back home in Queens. But uh, I do have to go look, look for that, and I might break it out, and maybe I'll post, a, post it on Twitter or something like that, the picture when I find it. Because, uh, yeah, it holds a soft spot in my heart. It holds a definite soft spot in my heart because I definitely spun that belt a lot as a kid. A lot. And, and But that's what kind of made that belt so special to me because as a kid, it was so much fun to play with. But in, in the eyes of how I realize now what professional wrestling is as a, as a grown adult, I also realized, like, you know what? Probably not the best look for the WWE, but they made it work. They made it work, and it was sure it was good for the kids and which was their, they were targeting towards. Speaking of spinner belts, number three, the spinning WWE United States Championship. Uh, here is a monstrosity of a championship. Uh, at least the, the spinner belt looked like it was worth something it had a ton of jewels all over it and uh it looked like it looked expensive looked rich but this wwe united states championship the spinner by john cena it just looked ugly the center piece of course spun uh which was the big drawing point of the belt but probably the worst aspect of this whole belt was the words word life and john cena written across in the middle in script oh and and don't forget don't forget the little tm that was next to john cena's name his name physically trademarked on the belt you know so everyone had all their uh, bases covered everyone's all good don't even worry about it john cena got the little trademark next to his name i thought that was hilarious and uh the, thank goodness the entire lifespan for this belt was only three months so that saves this belt from more punishment because they at the, even i believe at the end of this belt jbl blew this belt up like he he, he made it explode so good thing there that they, they got it away from existence but 
for John Cena at the time, the spinner belts were all the the, the craze. You know, obviously the hip hop gimmick, and you could talk about the rappers with their chains that spun. You're like, yeah, why not make the championship spin? And uh, well, uh, the United States won only lasted three months. The WWE Championship lasted eight years. So a little bit of a difference there, but uh, the WWE Championship not as ugly. Definitely looked more expensive and rich in some way, shape, or form uh, compared to this one, the, the the United States WWE Championship that spun that uh, looked like it was made in 30 seconds. Like it looked like someone just scribbled on a napkin. Like here you go. This this is what I want it to look like, and that's what John Cena did. At number two, switching gears from the WWE to TNA, of course you know I had to say it. Yeah, everyone knows I had to say it. The Jeff Hardy TNA Immortal Championship. Hardy did a lot of weird things in TNA, but this may be the weirdest. It's pointy, a ridiculous mess with a giant face in the middle. That giant face is supposed to be uh, Jeff Hardy. But the belts should never be pointy. A belt should never, if you sit down with a championship belt, you should not be able to impale yourself, which this belt looked like it definitely could have hurt you in every way, shape, or form. And it, it, we, we're talking about professional wrestling here. You know, you use these belts to attack people. If you use that pointy belt to attack somebody, you're legitimately going to hurt someone like you're gonna cut someone open bad with that belt so not a smart idea to have a pointy belt but thankfully it only lasted for a few months but of course of course when hardy won the title again in 2012 he designed a very similar belt to this one this goes a little bit deeper than just a title belt being ugly because it was a physical example of TNA letting Hardy do whatever he want, including uh, commissioning a championship belt uh, like the one we're talking about here that cost more than TNA uh, gave contracts out at that time. So the belt, the physical belt that was only going to be worn by Jeff Hardy, cost more than some guys on that card, some guys on that TNA roster were getting paid for their whole year's salary. So it was definitely not a good look from TNA, letting Jeff Hardy do whatever he wanted to do. But even they make him this championship, it was ugly championship too. That that was, uh, I think it was like pink and purple. Uh, the one I'm talking about had the face of Jeff Hardy on it, pointy. Not a good look for TNA. Not a good look at TNA at all. One of the ugliest championships of all time. But not the ugliest. Not the ugliest. That number one, the ugliest professional wrestling championship of all all time goes to the butterfly belt the one and only divas championship not only was his championship an ugly belt with a butterfly on it it was the physical representation of the women's division in the wwe being held back to not reach his full potential due through the divas era during the eight years of its existence the belts was was always criticized with the, a lot of people saying that it looked like a tramp stamp on a belt also looked like uh, like every, every, the butterfly just wasn't a good look on the belt because it was a, a man obviously made this belt you know a man obviously made this belt even though it was introduced by Vicky Guerrero in 2008 a man made this belt and they made this belt in a way that almost degraded women in every way shape or form all these athletes that were trying to build the women division up at the time just got held back for literally 8 years because of this title in my opinion and because of the name Divas they were held back for years and years and years. And the best moment to ever come from this belt's history was its retirement. Because that the physical representation of throwing this belt to the side, saying that we appreciate what this belt got us through from 2008-2016 and the, the people that carried this belt, 
But at the same time, we need to move forward, and they move forward with the women's championship, which today, even though the Universal Championship and the, the both women's championships look exactly the same to the WWE Championship, and all the belts are sort of streamlined in that way, shape, or form, and no, nothing is really unique there, it's definitely better than a butterfly. Definitely better than a butterfly. And speaking of butterflies, doesn't the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship look a little uh, similar to this one? <laughs> don't, don't hurt me, Japan. Don't hurt me, Japan. I know all my New Japan fans out there just screaming, screaming into their headphones at the moment as I, I trash the new belt. But uh, I digress. I digress. But that, that is my top five list. Uh, WWE Tag Team Championships from 2010-2016. The WWE Spinner Championship. The Spinning WWE United States Championship by John Cena. Jeff Hardy's TNA Immortal Championship and the... Divas Championship. Ugly for more reasons than one. Looking on to our next episode, WWE Friday Night Smackdown, and the only note I have here in big bold letters, Logan Paul. <laughs> Logan Paul tonight on Smackdown, so be prepared for that, because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't even know what to tell you. I'll also be doing the top five greatest belts of all time to cleanse the air. To cleanse the air a bit. Let, let, let's try that. If you have any thoughts on my list for the worst belts, let me know on Twitter, at JadenBeckerTV. And if you want to hear anything uh, from the greatest belts and you want to make sure a belt's on that list, hit me up there as well, JadenBeckerTV on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, before I wrap things up, I want to apologize. Uh, I've been putting out these episodes a little bit later in the day. I'm trying to test out a few things. I should let you know that uh, usually I try to post these at 5.30 in the morning where I'll record them late at night and then I'll post them uh, scheduled to be posted at 5.30 in the morning. I'm trying out a couple things, and uh, you know, I, I feel like I get to break this wall with you because I've been with you here for 52, 53 days, it seems like, so in a row. So uh, I'm trying out some new things to see how the viewership changes and everything like that, but I appreciate for you being here with me, going through the process with the Daily DDT Podcast. We're getting so close to WrestleMania, the, one of the greatest times of year to be a professional wrestling fan, and uh, if, if anyone's trying to get into the idea of professional wrestling coming up soon, uh, I'm going to, to, to do a uh, Pro Wrestling for Dummies guide uh, on the road to WrestleMania. So if someone's just getting into professional wrestling, if someone's just finding their way over to the WWE and wants to watch WrestleMania, I'm going to do a Dummies guide for professional wrestling. That's going to come up soon this weekend as well, where I can do a full episode on that and not just a, a small segment towards the back end of the show. So thank you for being here with me. And if anyone you're trying to get into professional wrestling is brand new, uh, put them onto this podcast. Let them know that Jaden Becker is here for them. I'm here for the casual fan, always, always here for the casual fan. But that's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansite at 20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and using the code fansite at 20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.